November 6th. Our reading in the New Testament today comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, verses 18 through 28. Now, with this chapter, the writer begins to explain the better priesthood of Christ, and he begins with the better order, the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ is both king and priest, and his throne is a throne of grace. As king, he can control circumstances around you. As priest, he can change attitudes within you. You'll experience righteousness and peace as you yield to him. Now, because he's a priest forever, he saves forever. To the uttermost means completely, perfectly. You are secure as long as he lives. And guess what? He lives forever. He lives eternally. And you can live by the power of his endless life because you are in Christ. A perfect salvation should lead to a life of growing maturity. An earthly priesthood can make nothing perfect, nor can the law of God, actually, or the sacrifices. But Jesus can lead you into spiritual maturity as you walk by faith. He invites you to come to his throne and He understands you better than you understand yourself. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. November 6th, Hebrews chapter 7, verses 18 through 28. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law made nothing perfect, and now a better hope has taken its place. And that is how we draw near to God. God took an oath that Christ would always be a priest, but He never did this for any other priest. Only to Jesus did He say, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break His vow. You are a priest forever. Because of God's oath, it is Jesus who guarantees the effectiveness of this better covenant. Another difference is that there were many priests under the old system. When one priest died, another had to take his place. But Jesus remains a priest forever. His priesthood will never end. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save everyone who comes to God through him. He lives forever to plead with God on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because... He is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has now been set apart from sinners, and He has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. He does not need to offer sacrifices every day like the other high priests. They did this for their own sins first, and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once and for all when He sacrificed Himself on the cross. Those who were high priests under the law of Moses were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed His Son with an oath, and His Son has been made perfect forever. You see, in America, you don't have to act like Jesus to be a successful pastor. I'm proof of that. You just have to be able to speak well, communicate well. You can be a good musician, and and you'll be a a famous Christian musician. It has nothing to do with being like Jesus. But at the end of the day, we've got to change our idea of success. And what does it mean to be successful? Success is, man, here's success. is for one day someone to say, 
being with you. It felt like walking with Jesus. That's my goal in life. That's my desire in life. And if your desire is anything else, then we're missing it. How in the world did we get here? Where we have people call themselves Christians and act nothing like Jesus. And we just say these weird things. Oh, but they are in their heart. And they've memorized so much and they know so much. It's not what Scripture says. It says when we know Him, we'll we'll walk like Him. We'll live like Him. And people will hang out with us and go, Wow, you're acting just like that Jesus. And this is what it would have felt like to walk with Him. So what's the next step in my journey? I have no idea. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I'm I'm very confident of what I want to be. And what I want to be like. And what form that takes, it really doesn't matter. I just want that. You know, I I want my life to be on a trajectory like that. I don't think it's coincidental that I'm here tonight. Because I'm willing to bet that there's some of you in this room that it's time for a change. And maybe it's a change right where you are. A change of your mindset, the way you're doing ministry. Maybe some of you, you're saying, man, I, I, don't know, I don't remember the last time someone left the church or my youth group going, wow, your Jesus is God. They've just been looking at all the physical human side of things rather than seeing the Holy Spirit actually work. And maybe it's because you haven't really surrendered your life and this desire to be this famous you know, Christian or to have this big church or this big following or whatever else. Jesus didn't have that. When I was in high school and I became a Christian, my first prayer was, God, don't let me lose my friends. I didn't want to be Jesus. I wanted to be a more popular version of Jesus. I did. Who wants to get spit on, rejected? I mean, the truth is, and and the nice thing was no one told me I needed to be like Jesus. As I read the scriptures, I go, no. He wasn't popular. The only people that were popular were the false prophets. And he says, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Because that's why your fathers treated the false prophets. But blessed are you when they persecute you. When they insult you falsely on my name's sake. Great is your reward in heaven. The world hates you. Keep in mind, it hated me first. No servant's going to be better than his master. If they, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you also. And Jesus, that's why Paul says, look, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection and to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because I want to suffer like Jesus. I want to become like Jesus. And I guess my question for you tonight is, have you gotten off track? And has something else become the goal of your life? Or are you still at the very core of your being saying, make me like Jesus. Help me suffer what I need to suffer. Because I want to rise again like he rose again. I want to reign with him. I want to sit on the throne with him. So right now it's time for me to incarnate him and go and love and live this selfless life like Christ. Hey everybody, it's Brandon Dahman. I just want to take a moment today to say thank you. Thank you for taking a leap of faith, for allowing God not only to work in you, but through you. Thank you for your obedience, for honoring your commitment you've made not only to yourselves and your families, but also to God. I want to thank you for continuing to spur myself, other alumni, coordinators, pastors, 
staff, and all those who volunteer and give up their time on. Can't tell you how many times I've been having a bad day or a week and have been encouraged by you. I know that you're going to have rough days, but know that there are many of us that pray for you daily. I pray that the Lord is revealed to you, that your family's needs are provided for, and that the Lord reminds you of his grace and mercy daily by placing people and situations in your path. For the brothers down on the farm, first three things I wrote down in Vinton County were submit, receive, and be honest. Scripture that correlates with that is James 4, 7, and 10. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Know that I love you guys very much, and the Lord is going to do great things in your lives. But the only thing that we can take credit for is the fact that we are submissive to Him and that we're obedient to His will. Other than that, we have to give all the glory and credit to God. The grace and mercy that we've been shown wasn't given to us so that we can pay it back. Grace is unmerited favor. We didn't do anything to deserve that. And mercy is kindness shown to those who only deserve punishment. And speaking for myself, I know that I was guilty. But I thank God every day for the fact that He loves us and that He chose us to be sons and daughters of Him. I love you guys and I hope you have a great week. God bless you. Psalm 106, verses 1 through 12. In light of God's goodness to Israel, you would have expected the nation to submit to Him and serve Him gladly and gratefully. Instead, they sinned and had to be disciplined many times. Before you judge them, however, consider whether you may be guilty of some of the same sins they committed. God delivered Israel from Egypt, but they soon forgot His mercy and ignored His counsel. He gave them manna, and they lusted for meat. They criticized their leaders. They worshipped a golden idol, and would have been destroyed had Moses not interceded for them. They came to the border of the promised land and refused to go in. While wandering in the wilderness, they compromised with the heathen nations. Their stubborn attitude even made Moses sin. Once in the land, they compromised with the wicked nations and God had to chasten them repeatedly. Were it not for His covenant, God would have destroyed them, but He forgave them and allowed them to have many, many new beginnings. Finally, He had to disperse them among the Gentiles. Psalm 106, verses 1-12 through 12. Praise the Lord! Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise Him half enough? Happy are those who deal justly with others and always do what is right.
Remember me too, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to me with your salvation. Let me share in the prosperity of your chosen ones. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. Let me praise you with those who are your heritage. Both we and our ancestors have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miracles. They soon forgot His many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against Him at the Red Sea. Even so, He saved them, to defend the honor of His name and to demonstrate His mighty power. He commanded the Red Sea to divide, and a dry path appeared. He led Israel across the sea bottom that was as dry as a desert. So He rescued them from their enemies and redeemed them from their foes. Then the water returned and covered their enemies. Not one of them survived. Then at last His people believed His promises. Then they finally sang His praise. Proverbs chapter 27, verses 4 through 6. Anger is cruel, and wrath is like a flood. But who can survive the destructiveness of jealousy? An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. <laughs>